Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the first Saturday of February, February 4th, 2023. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milson Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our servant team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator. Sister Helena Thompson, our Minister of Music. And today, there will not be an altar prayer, but I will be, uh, I, Carolyn Cunningham, will be offering a prayer of repentance. Pastor Milson will deliver the preached word. Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And as today is the first Saturday of the month, we will be offering the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. So sometime before we arrive at that point in the service, please gather your elements of a piece of bread or cracker or host and juice, if you happen to have that, water, juice, or wine. Pastor Milson will offer Holy Communion today. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, PIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who've died from targeting all viruses and other catastrophic illnesses. Pray also for all children, especially those who are missing and who are being trafficked. Also pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God to do it and not do their will. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, victims of the worldwide climate crisis, the loved ones of all victims who perished from gun violence and other violence, and for the survivors who have sustained severe injuries. Thank you for your attention. Now, I will sing the opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there is any background noise where you are by pressing star six and be blessed. And the next phrase says, bought with the price. Why? Because Jesus has changed 
my whole life. Good evening to those of you who have joined us on this first Saturday of the month of February. This is um, what this has been. This month is called Black History Month in recognition of African Americans who have made contributions to the success of the African American race. And we thank God for bringing us to this place. However, we think about and cannot forget the tragedy that happened in Memphis, Tennessee earlier this month in January, uh, where a young black man met his demise at the hands of five African-American police officers. That's not the legacy that we are remembering, but we are remembering the legacy of those who contributed to the release of the slaves from slavery and those who made contributions that made our lives better. Like um, Madam C.J. Walker, who, who made and uh, developed the straightening comb for those of us who are African-American and our hair is a little different and doesn't straighten as easily as some of those in the other uh, cultures. And so we need a little help. And Madam C.J. Walker many years ago gave that to us or Booker T. Washington who made so many items from the peanut that all of us get to enjoy in our diet. And we have to still give all of the praise and the glory and the honor to God, our Father, Jesus, our Savior and our Redeemer and to the blessed Holy Spirit. I do take time to say thank you to those who are participating in the service today and bringing it to those of you who have joined us. I always make it a, a habit anyway to tell you how much I appreciate your time and your talents and the treasure that you share with the church and with those who attend. I appreciate you very, very much. We do live from all around these United States and that is such a blessing. Uh, we are endeavoring to increase the numbers of our, those who are members of our church. And so if you have not uh, joined us as an active member participating in the services and carrying out the business of the church, we invite you to do that because we have need of you. As we turn our attention to our scripture for this afternoon, I've chosen um, a scripture passage that hopefully will help us to take a closer look at where, where we are going as a church as we embark on this journey of um, teaching spiritual formation. And the idea is that Christ would be formed in us. That is, we would go through the disciplines of of devotion and scripture reading and, and prayer, praise and worship, making it a habit in our lives because that's where our strength comes from. That's how we are assured of God's presence. And that's what helps us to maintain our identity, which is always being challenged. So from the book of Daniel chapter one, verses three through eight, a, it reads as, then the king instructed Aspenas, 
the master of his eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Three years of training, you all, three years of training. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, to Meshach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this day, God. We so appreciate that you saw to it that history was documented so that we could go back and study how you led your people, God, the decisions that they made, how they came into places of punishment. Lord, we thank you for being able to see and determine that though you led them into places of punishment, you never left them, God, nor did you forsake them and you have not left us. I thank you, Father, now asking that you would breathe into this word, God, make it come alive into the hearts and minds of the listeners. And even unto me, Father, give us revelation that we need, God, to be able to stand in this evil day. And then, Father, we're just submitting ourselves to your lordship, God, to your leadership, God, asking that you would indeed, God, allow Christ to be formed in us, Lord. We want to be more like him. There's the old hymn that says, I want to be more and more like Jesus every day. I want to walk just like him. I want to talk just like him. I want to live just like him. And I want to give just like him. I want to be more and more like Jesus every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. For a title of today's message, we're using what's your name. If we were in a church building where you were sitting next to someone, I would tell you to turn to your left and to your right and ask the people beside whom you are sitting, what's your name? Oftentimes, we ask people that we're meeting in in a, a meet in a new place, uh, what is your name? Sometimes you might ask a person that and be met with embarrassment, especially if they are kin to a notorious criminal. Other times you might meet a person who is related to a famous person like the president and they will be glad to tell you their name. Pastor Miles Monroe once said, if you don't know who you are, anyone can tell you who you are. And what that simply meant was if you didn't know that you were a king's kid, then someone could tell you that you were a pauper and had no right to be in the place that you are today. And if you didn't know it, you'd believe them. 
In fact, I was told by a PhD about 11 years ago that this program that we have been forced into was seeking to take over my, my life completely. So she advised that I should fight to stay who I am. Staying who I am meant knowing who I was to begin with. I was a mother, a grandmother, a daughter, and a granddaughter of loving grandparents on both sides. Most importantly, I was and still am a child of God. We just listened to a beautiful song entitled, I Am Redeemed. They ended the song by saying, if anybody asks you who I am, tell them that I am redeemed. Now you might ask, is that a name? Certainly it is. It means I have a savior. I'm purchased by the blood of Jesus. I could also say that it means I am filled with the spirit of the living God, whose temple I am. Who are you? I ask you the question. I want you to think about that. Who are you? We've begun a journey on spiritual formation for some. It could mean spiritual renewal because of the idea that the end result is to make us more like Christ. You might ask, why do we need to study to become more like Christ? Aren't we already like him? The answer is we are like clay pots. We leak. We leak our faith. We leak our joy. We leak patience and peace. I'm sad to tell you that when we don't even think about it, we're leaking out our anointing which is why we meet at the place of worship as often as we can so that our cups might be refilled. Believe it or not, our cups get refilled at prayer in the mornings on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings. We bring our, our uh, maybe half-filled cup, cup to Bible study on Wednesday nights. And sometimes we would have leaked even some of that out by Thursday night. And so we come to a support group meeting. And whatever is left in the cup, we come on Saturday afternoon as we are here today to get the rest of our cup filled for the week to come. The point is, if you don't know who you are and what you are supposed to have, you can be robbed of your identity and not even miss it. If you're robbed of your identity, you could be robbed of your inheritance and not even know it. You could be robbed of a cash settlement and not even know it if you don't know who you are. Miles Monroe also stated, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Sometimes people will try to tell you that you're going here, there, or the other, and you can certainly disagree with them and say, no, I'm going where God says I'm going. Others in the world today who are not in Christ and they're not even a part of God's family, are seeking to tell us who we are. They are using hypnosis, sublimial messaging, threats, and fear, trying to tell us who we are. They are telling little five-year-old girls that they were supposed to be a boy at birth, and little nine-year-old boys that God meant for them to be a girl. It doesn't matter that the child's sex was already identified by a sonogram while they were still in their mother's womb. 
and that child was born in the gender that God had decided. However, in the society in which we are living today, those who are yielded to the spirit of the Antichrist, that's your key, Antichrist. If God has decided, then anyone trying to undecide what God decided is anti, Antichrist. Man is now trying to pervert that decision in their own mind and tell a human who he is, even though we're formed in the image of God. And Babylon is actually alive and well today. That it didn't just stop being when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah was going through Babylon. No, Babylon is alive and well today. And guess what? It didn't stay in the Middle East. Babylon now exists around the world. And it is supporting these lies and supporting the medical treatment necessary to take away the identity of that girl or that boy, that man or that woman to make them what they say, those who are against the will of God instead of what God has said and what God had planned before the world was formed. I don't believe that any of you have succumbed to the lies of the adversary about your gender, but sometimes they do succeed in making us believe that we aren't good enough to serve in God's house or that we deserve what we're getting or that we don't belong in the family of God. Sometimes the stress and distress is so great that we forget that we are to have love, joy, peace, and patience as a gift from the Holy Spirit. We might begin to slip into the identity that is being offered by the enemy of our soul and begin to act like another person altogether. I don't know how many of you are past 50, but when I was a little girl, there was a movie that was called The Many Faces of Eve. And Eve, bless her heart, had 43 personalities. That meant she had been tortured out of herself for so many years, she didn't even know who she was anymore. Well, God wants you to know that he has not forgotten who you are or what he has called you to do. The way to be reminded is to start the process again. And I'm talking about the process of becoming more like Jesus. Last month, we started with fasting and praying. This month, we're starting with spiritual formation. We got our temples cleaned. We got our, our spirits uh, uh, opened so that we could hear what God is saying to us as we read and study and pray. Actually, that journey of becoming more like Jesus will only end when Jesus comes again. In fact, he spoke, whatever is, is left undone, when I come, I will take care of the rest. But sometimes we stop to rest and never get started again on becoming more like him. The setting of today's message is Babylon. The best of the children of Israel have been taken out of Judah and placed into captivity as described to God, by God to Isaiah more than 70 years prior. King Nebuchadnezzar had called for four boys from Judah that he wanted to make part of his government. Like Esther, this took a process. Esther's process was one year. 
The scripture told us that the process of these four boys from Judah was going to take three years. The king knew that he would have to get Israel out of the children before he could make them servants in Babylon. I don't know if you've heard the old adage, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Well, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, wanted to take Israel out of the children so that he could make them fit in Babylon with the rest of them. I've shared before the steps that are necessary to change a personality. And I want you to listen to me carefully. See if you can identify any of these things already happening to you. The first thing is to take the person out of their familiar environment. Many of us, since we've become targeted, have been made to move time after time after time. Even now, some people aren't being allowed to live in homes or apartments or even with family members who would allow them to. They're being forced to live in cars, to sleep in cars, to sleep in hotels. And I don't mean the best hotels like the Marriott or the Hyatt or the, um, I think Sonoma is one of the new ones. No, they're being made to stay in these little shoddy hotels where you're gonna be fearful of your safety through the night because they need fear to help them uh, make the change. Then they change your diet. Well, obviously, if you don't have the job that you used to have, you don't have the food that you used to have. And if you don't have a home with a stove accessible or microwave, then you aren't gonna be able to eat like you normally would. Consequently, your diet will change. You'll begin to be hungry Believe it or not, hunger helps them to change your personality. And lastly, they change the name. Well, while they are taking you out of your familiar environment, blocking you from being having loving care from your family members and changing your diet so that you can't get the food that you normally would eat, they change your name. They might call you anything. They'll call you ugly. They'll tell you you can't sing, they'll call you out of your name. And I mean, they know how to call you ugly names. But the important thing is that you don't have to respond to any name but your own if you remember who you are. Now, if you've forgotten who you are because of the trauma you've been through, you might respond to some of those names. They might call you prostitute or druggie, but that's not my name. They'll call us anything to try and get us to acknowledge and accept what they offer. Doing this will make it easier for someone to slip into a personality that is not their own. That's why they call it trauma-based mind control. It's because as you traumatize the person's body, the mind will begin to comply. As you traumatize the mind, and that's traumatized by keeping it from having sleep, uh, by having someone talk in your head day and night, many ways to traumatize the mind then the body will obey, trauma-based. The king really wanted to make these Hebrew boys slaves, high-ranking slaves, but nonetheless slaves to the whim of a man who did not honor their God. The last thing in the world we want is to find ourselves under the control of someone, anyone who does not honor our God. And you can rest assured if there's someone trying to make you obey them, that's an antichrist spirit because we have someone to whom we report. We have someone who loves us. We have someone who treats us 
like we are, precious in his sight and the apple of his eye. But that is what's happening in America and around the world today. The means by which there is hope of accomplishing the feat of taking God's people from him is by transformation, T-R-A-N-C-E-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N. That is in training the minds of the people to think one thought, and that's not the thought about God or God being our Lord. However, in spiritual formation, the idea is to become so entrenched in the word of God and in the relationship with God that you cannot be separated from your true identity. Transformation is defined, T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N, is defined as a thorough or dramatic change in form of or appearance. We've heard new Christians talk about the transformation that has happened in their lives just by coming to Christ. They talk about their hands looking new and their feet looking new. Their walk and their talk had changed. One lady sang the song that she had moved out to a brand new life because she came to Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in Romans 12 that we ought to be transformed, T-R-A-N-S, formed by the renewing of our minds so that we will know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformation occurs from studying what we are to become, who we are to serve, and what we are to do in God's kingdom as his servants. God is not looking to enslave you in a way that you have to live beneath the privileges of being a child of God. He's not wanting you to have to live in a car or in a hotel room. He wants to make sure that you have the proper food that you need. God loves us and we need to know that on a daily basis. On the other hand, trance, T-R-A-N-C-E, formation occurs when the mind is blinded by the God of this age. Paul is very clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the God of this, of this age has blinded the mind that lest the light of the gospel that shines in the face of Jesus should shine on them. A blinded mind is a hypnotized mind. For this reason, all of our gates must be carefully guarded. The eye gate, the ear gate, and the mouth gate. Any way there is to get information into your mind, we should be guarding it and filling it with the word of God, with prayer, with devotion. Now, God knows that we can't protect our own minds. Really, we can't. But we can fill it with the word, with songs of praise and prayer. Now. I read a report many years ago that was entitled, The Mind Has No Firewall. This report was actually written by an Air Force soldier. His name was Timothy Thomas. And he writes that, I wanted to read to you exactly what he wrote. He says, humanity stands on the brink of a psychotronic war with the mind and body as the focus. And then he wrote an entirely new arsenal of weapons based on devices designed to introduce sublimial messages or to alter the body's psychological and data processing capabilities might be used to incapacitate individuals. 
These weapons aim to control or alter the psyche or to attack the various sensory and data processing systems of the human organism. He went on to write this article examines energy-based weapons, psychotronic weapons, and other developments designed to alter the ability of the human body to process stimuli. And at the end of that paragraph, he says the individual soldier, not his equipment, becomes the target of attack. Well, you know that if the individual soldier could become a target, so is the individual woman or man in society. So what made the Hebrew boys stand out is they refused what would have been used to change their personality. When they were offered by subtle means, the delicacies of the king's table, they politely said, no, thank you. Instead of accepting the food, drink and pleasures of King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah continued the diet that they were used to in Jerusalem and in Judah. God gave these boys favor with the eunuch who allowed them to have the food that they were used to. Consequently, these boys were able to maintain their diet. They kept the memories of their homeland in their hearts and Babylon could not make them leave their given names. I have shared more than once uh, from scenes uh, from the movie Roots that came out many years ago. And it was about how they brought some Africans um, on a slave ship to America. And on the plantation, the plantation owner gave them all a name. When he came to a young man whose name was Kunta Kente, this young man refused the name he was trying to give him. And so whenever he, the, the owner said, tell us your name is Toby. He looked at the owner and he said, my name is Kentakute. They tied this young man to a tree and began to beat him. And with every whip of, of, the, of the whip, every snap of the whip against his back, the, the, the slave owner would say, now say your name is Toby. And he'd look up and he'd say, my name is Kunta Kente. He was refusing to give up his name because he knew his name meant something. His name meant he belonged to a family and his family's heritage was in Africa, not in America. His name meant that he was free to be who God called him to be, not some man's knock around, which is what he was becoming. They beat him so severely that the African who they had made the supervisor over, the rest of the slaves, came over to him and he said, boy, just tell him your name is Toby. It doesn't matter what they call you. It doesn't change who you are. I want you to understand today, it does matter what they call us, but understand that if we ended up in a place where we didn't want to be having to answer to a name that really wasn't ours, if you know in your heart who you belong to, if you know who your redeemer is, if you're sure that you're part of the family of God, they still don't win. 
So in being formed into the image of Jesus, there are specific steps to take. The first step we have to take is to prepare for the battle for your identity. Notice there's a war going on. In case you have not, there is a war going on. And the war is for your position in Christ Jesus. The war is to change who God said you are into who the Antichrist says you are. And we've got a fight on our hands. The enemy of our souls do not want us to look like Jesus. They do not want us to wear the name of our father, God. God told Moses, whenever I see my name on my children, I will bless them. So we're not going to take his name off of us, no matter how hard they try. Accept Jesus as your personal savior if you have not already done this. If you straight away renew your relationship, come back to the family. The table is still waiting with your place empty at it. Make sure that your temple is God's home. Allow space for the Holy Spirit to be your helper. He will teach you about God and how to please him. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. That's a promise from Jesus himself. He'll remind you what you need to know about what God has already said in his word. He won't allow you to go, to go wrong or to be taken in the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit will intercede for you during times of distress. And when you don't know what to say, Ephesians suggests that we pray. But before we pray, he, they reminded us of what we need to have on our bodies as we prepare ourselves for the battle. Our helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit should be in our hands and the shield of faith. Our loins should be girded about with, the, with truth and our feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then we are advised to pray with all prayers. And by all means, remember, you are an ambassador for Christ. That's part of your identity. You represent Jesus Christ. The second thing we want to do is to practice the presence of God. Read your Bible. You will find God there waiting to talk to you. God watches over his word to perform it. You will learn how God thinks and what he requires of you as you spend time in the word. Sing hymns and spiritual songs. We're told that God inhabits the praises of his people. The practice of God's presence can take place anywhere, in your bedroom, in your car, walking in the yard or in the park. It can take place on a, 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 a pontoon boat going across a, a lake. You can practice the presence of God standing in the grocery store line or walking through a department store. Anywhere you go, you can practice God's presence. Just speak out loud or even in your heart, God, I love you. Lord, I need you. Or begin to sing a song, oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me and feel the sweet peace of God's presence. Anybody who ever played an instrument well had to practice if you don't believe me ask any concert pianist how many hours a day he had to practice or she had to practice to become that accomplished musician ask any saxophone player 
And I'm telling you, I love it when they can make the saxophone talk to me, when it's when you can hear the words so distinctly as if they were being spoken from the mouth of the player. Even drummers have to practice to be the best they can be. So we must practice with God. We must practice being with him, practice hearing him talk to us, practice hearing him, feeling him hug us and tell us that he loves us. And then lastly, we need to pray. Pray to be delivered from temptation and from evil. Pray that God will strengthen you for the journey. Plead the blood of Jesus over yourself. Remind God that Jesus has fought the battle for your soul and, and he won. Remind God of Gethsemane, of Calvary, and the empty tomb of the resurrection. Thank God that you have a great high priest and he's seated at God's right hand and he's making intercession for you and for me. And this is just a throw in. Praise God for a name that's written in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. What's your name? After I've gone through all of this, and feeling down and out, if you're feeling like nobody cares and nobody loves you, that's the same as feeling like you don't have a family. And without a family, you don't have a name. But I want to remind you today that Jesus' blood made room for you to join the family of God. And God says, wherever he sees his name, he will bless you because you're his child. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.